BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Um, I Googled Marula to learn more about it and saw these elephants eating the fruit and getting tipsy. And it was just this, can I do that? You know, it was that moment like, can I, can I call it drunk elephant? I ran it by some people and, you know, some people said, yeah, you know, you can. It's so cute. It's so you. That's it. And then others, probably half, were like, no way. It's so cute. It's so funny, but it sounds like a bar. And so no way. That would be ridiculous. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty. Hi, Carlene. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Just before we get into all of this, just want to say thanks to everyone who's written us reviews on iTunes. Please keep it up. And if you have any feedback about who you'd like us to talk to in the upcoming episodes, let us know. We're so open. Yes, please do. We want to hear from you. Um, Today, we are talking to a very exciting woman. Her name is Tiffany Masterson. She is a Texan mother of four who became a self-taught formulator. We're talking about Drunk Elephant, and it's the fastest growing skincare range in Sephora's history, um, which is saying a lot. And that is based on an article from WWD Women's Wear Daily, which is basically the beauty industry's Bible. Um, they reported that Drunk Elephant brought in between 25 and 30 million in retail sales last year with revenues on track to double in 2017. And so it's not surprising it's catching the attention of a lot of interesting famous people, including Leandra Medine from Man Repeller. She's now uh, an investor. She sought this Mm -hmm. brand out to invest in it. Yeah, and so we were really excited. Drunk Elephant just came to Canada earlier this year, also launching in Australia. So it's definitely an upward trajectory. Yeah, and we can't gloss over the name. It's so fun, Drunk Elephant. It makes Mm -hmm. you stop when you're reading it for sure. Yeah. And Tiffany's going to explain that later, but we want to zero in right now on the cult products Mm -hmm. and they're really breaking the mold with the whole approach she calls it clean clinical so that's really about leaving out all the junk she refers to these common irritants as the suspicious six and um, we're going to get into that a little bit but the products that Mm -hmm. are really blowing up Mm -hmm. first and foremost we have to talk about the TLC Sukari Baby Facial, which, Absolutely. sad face, it's not available in Canada. I have not been able to try it yet. We tried to get them to smuggle it across the border for us, and it, no dice. Unfortunately, they would not go to Health Canada jail for us, <laughs> for our sake. Um, but this Sukari Baby Facial, what really made it 
stand out from everything mm-hmm. else that's out there. It launched in early 2017, and it has a whopping 25% AHAs, mm-hmm. along with a 2% BHA blend. So these are just highly active exfoliating ingredients. Mm-hmm. And TLC, as part of the name, stands for tartar. It's not for tender. It's not for tender loving care. Although I'm sure that it's meant to be a double entendre or or a mention of the band name. Don't go chasing <laughs> waterfalls, guys. So it stands for tartaric lactic and citric acid and it also contains glycolic and salicylic and a whole host of other active mm-hmm. acid ingredients so it's meant to be a once a week 20 minute facial situation and um it won the allure best of beauty and people like editors just kind of went nuts when it came out it really was a first to market i mean ahas have been around forever avon has had them in their products since i think the 70s yeah they were the first ones um but it was really about the concentration Mm -hmm. um a dare to go there kind of um formulation and people really sat up and took notice and that's what put drunk elephant on the map you've seen now Neostrata has a 25% frightening mm-hmm. peel. Ordinary has this crazy product that's like 30% AHAs. Yeah. Um, and the point is that these powerful exfoliating ingredients, while they've been around for a while, they seem new again because there's new ways of buffering them and delivering them to the skin. Mm-hmm. Actually, please tell us if you have reviews. Our U.S. listeners, we know there are many of you out there. We want to hear from you. Yeah. What's your experience? I think it, it's it's going to be, it's well on its way to being a cult favorite. It mm-hmm. sold out time and time and time again when it first launched at Sephora. Yeah, um, a future This website, Future Germ, which I read a lot. Nikki is the uh, the founder of that website. And Nikki she, Zavola Benvenuti. Yes, thank name. you. She has estimated, she has a lot of experience with skin care ingredients and she has estimated that the Sukari baby facial is about 15% glycolic acid and then a whole host of other acids that make up this 25% mm-hmm. AHAs. And so that's really what keeps yeah. it from being available in Canada. We have a limit guys. Because our limit is 10%. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, you have to be careful when you're looking at all these numbers. And speaking of that, we actually wanted to get a derm to weigh in on what mm-hmm. all of these numbers mean, right? Yeah. So we gave a call to our friend, Dr. Lisa Kellett, and you're about to hear from her. The first thing is you can't compare one to the other. Okay. So a 30% of one brand can't be compared to 20% of another. Okay. Why is that? Because it's the amount of free acid that's available. Mm-hmm. So it also has to do with how it's buffered. So okay. 25% may in fact have a more therapeutic advantage than a 30% depending on how it's buffered. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So you can't compare just 1% to the other. You can't say, well, therefore that's stronger than the other one. Okay. Although the percentage is better, the clinical effect might be less because of the buffering. They're not magic. They just remove the dead skin cell layer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But quite frankly, anything that's an acid will do that. Glycolic mm-hmm. yeah. acid, lactic acid, salicylic acid, they're all um, corneolytic. So they all kind of break down the stratum corneum, the dead skin cell layer. So thank you, Dr. Kellett. And I think it's interesting what she points out there, which, you know, Tiffany was was careful to explain, is that the baby facial has a unique proprietary, in other words, top secret buffering system to it. And that's why it's meant to not create that that instant tomato face, mm-hmm. you know, from back in the Sex and the City days with Samantha. Yeah, so that's why people have been able to use it, even though it is at those high levels. But mm-hmm. What, let's talk about what is available here. Yay. Okay. So I'm going to talk about, I have all the products sitting in front of me right now. And 
my favorite that I've been loving is the TLC Framboose Glycolic Night Serum. I love this uh, because you can use it every single day. It's 10% glycolic acid and 2% beta-hydroxy acid, which is salicylic acid. So ah, if you are out there and you have acne scars or if you have pores that are larger or you have just have you want to refine the texture of your skin, you're going to be obsessed with this. That's what I love it for. I didn't have any flaking. I didn't have any issues with um, using it every night. You definitely want to put a hydrating moisturizer on afterwards, but I love the results. And what did you try? Well, I had a different experience. Yes. Um, I tried the same product. I actually tried the entire range. I wanted to do a detox, which is um, so that I wouldn't be using those, you know, the suspicious six mm -hmm. that Tiffany's going to tell us about. Yeah. The glycolic acid, um, despite, you know, the buffering and the pH level, which apparently is also extremely important um, in terms of whether it's irritating or not. It's kind of a... a paramount thing for her formulation. Absolutely. And the, and it's on the label of each and every one of her products. But the glycolic acid, so I understood this to be a line that's really safe for sensitive skin. So I just kind of went crazy. Like when you say it's a daily night serum, yeah. I literally did that for like four nights in a row. And then finally by the Your fourth skin day, wasn't happy. actually it was under my neck. Uh -huh. I got kind of a rash. Yeah. And Dr. Kellett explained that it could be an allergy or it could be um, mm -hmm. irritant dermatitis, yeah. which is what I believe it was. Yeah. So I discontinued using it. Mm -hmm. And even a week later, I still can feel some tingling on my chin. Yeah. And I definitely had some pinkness that my daughter commented on when I was wearing having a makeup-free day. I finally am starting to see some positive results. Yeah. Um, I know you commented earlier that yeah. you thought the pores on my nose were looking more refined. Yes. Just texturally, I think that glycolic, if you can tolerate it, is a wonderful yeah. Um, yeah. formulation. Or yeah. My, you know, my takeaway, here's my takeaway. Yeah. If you have sensitive skin, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Tiptoe, baby. And you, you want to use it one time, and then you want to wait an entire week after you've been using sunscreen every day to decide whether you can move it up to two days a week. So. Right. Don't go the all-in every night like Jill does <laughs> if you're a person like me and you have skin redness. Right. Or if you just have really dry skin. Yeah. You know, I think people with oily skin or who break out occasionally, like myself, you will try any exfoliating product. The more exfoliation it does, the better. And Well, there was an editor yeah. at InStyle um, when the line... when. The baby facial first came out. She said that it was the only mask that she ever tried that improved her acne scars. Yeah. And so I think for to me, at being somebody in my 40s who has a lot of dehydration, I think this line would be amazing for somebody who's younger, has acne, or is like suffering from acne scars. I would even go so far to say that this um, glycolic night serum, some people who use a lot of glycolic acid might not think this is strong enough. So See, I, I'm the opposite. <laughs> We're just like, ding, put the gloves on. So let's get back to our founder story. You know, you can definitely tell by now it's really about these high active ingredients that is making this brand pop off. And I think what's fascinating about Tiffany is that she was not a chemist. She did not come from a scientific background. So how does somebody who's there in her kitchen dreaming up these formulations come out with these like kaplow products? So Tiffany did not necessarily have dreams of starting a million dollar company, but she always did have a thing for skincare, starting with her biggest beauty influence as a child. My name is Tiffany Masterson. And my title is Founder, Chief Creative Officer, Drunk Elephant, and I'm from Houston, Texas. 
it was my mom for sure. Um, I can remember her big, huge bathroom that she had with, I remember Erno Laszlo and all the special liquids that, that they'd be settling at the bottom, shake them up. And, you know, I loved that whole process of going through all the steps and didn't probably need it at seven years old, but I always just copied what she did. Um, but one thing I'll say is she never wore makeup, never wore foundation, never wore powder. And so I just didn't, that wasn't a consideration for me, so I just didn't ever do that, um, which I'm glad because I think I got a head start on, you know, um, just not having stuff on my skin. Um, I broke out later on for sure, but but I just remember following everything she did. We have a very close-knit family. Um, my dad was, well, they were from Southern California. Uh, my dad was a professional football player, which is why we moved to Texas. So he was transferred to the Oilers when I was, well, I was not born yet, so my mom was pregnant. So I was born in Houston. All of my siblings were born in Southern California. You know, we did move back to California for a minute, but then moved back, which is strange for two people who were born and raised there to settle in Texas. It's a very family-oriented place, and um, three siblings, an older sister. You know, she's got six kids. My brother has five. I have four. My other brother has three. So 18 grandchildren. And just, you know... Um, loved it. So let's hear it one more time. Together. Clear eyes, full hearts. Let's go! I went to University of Texas, and my goal was to get married and have babies. And I didn't have any... That's it. That's all I ever wanted to do. I have my kids named in my head. Uh, I wanted to cook. Um, I cooked since I was in seventh grade. So uh, my, my, my whole thing was to be like my mom, who was a mother of four, and she is a stay-at-home mom, and she played tennis. And so I never never crossed my mind that I would um, do anything. And um, so when I went to college, it was a kind of, in my mind, it was kind of like, let me just get through this and get married and move back home and have babies kind of thing. And um, I studied psychology and Spanish and graduated on time you know, and moved back to Houston. I ended up moving to Southern California for a while to work in the movie industry a little bit with working for a director, just as an adventure, kind of thought that was fun, and quickly realized nobody there was wanting to get married. So, I mean, it was like everyone's in that mode of not settling down around, you know, around that age group, especially. I was in my early 20s. So um, ended up moving back to Houston and working a little bit and um, still, want, you know, wanting to get married. And Finally got married at 30, had four babies pretty quickly. Didn't really uh, start thinking about working until I was early 40s. I'm so fascinated with her upbringing under those Friday night lights <laughs> in Texas. I mean, I've been to Texas like four times in the last five years. Texas Forever Street. <laughs> you did? What yeah. were you there for? Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Well, I went to Austin at least three times. Mm-hmm. Austin's not really Texas because it's it's kind of like Brooklyn, but in Texas. Okay. Because it's all arts and good tacos and stuff. Mm-hmm. I one time went to Dallas for the Academy of Country Music Awards. Oh, wow. Their 50th year anniversary. Wow, how kind of that? Kind of a long story how I ended up going there, but... Reba McIntyre was there, Garth Brooks. It was in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Wow. My photo was taken by a giant three-quarter ton truck on more than one occasion (laughs) in the arena. More Instagram photos (laughs) coming at you. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's amazing. But the style in Dallas, let me tell you, it's insane because half the girls are wearing gingham dresses and cowboy boots. And I'm not kidding. The rest of them are wearing Tom Ford. 
Oh, wow. Because there's so much money. See, that's why Oil I, money, girl. I dressed for the occasion today. I'm wearing my <laughs> Canadian tuxedo with my long fan blouse. Yeah, see? There you go. You're fitting right in. You should move to Dallas. <laughs> well, we had to ask Tiffany about her most embarrassing beauty moment growing up in the land of Texas. And surprisingly, it does have a celebrity twist. I have a friend who lives in Southern California who's a hairdresser and He's very great. Like, he's the greatest hairdresser in the world, but very edgy. And um, so we were going back and forth a lot because I still had family in Southern California and friends. And um, just him cutting my hair, giving me my first real haircut. You know how everyone kind of keeps their hair long and straight and does nothing for a while. And then in seventh grade, got my first haircut. And he chopped it off like the most unbelievable rock and roll, Joan Jett situation ever. And I had to go back to southern conservative texas <laughs> and it was hard <laughs> it was like i mean the looks i got the first day back after summer were like oh my gosh they'd never seen anything like it um this he's a very famous hairdresser now so this is when we were little oh my god too funny well clearly she's connected i mean obviously she wasn't at liberty to say who the famous hairdresser was i but... googled it guys oh of Don't course worry. you did <laughs> i mean the man who created the most famous hairstyle of the last 25 years. What was the edgy, the edgy, edgy cut she was talking about? Any guesses? <laughs> Guys, it was the Rachel. This was Chris McMillan we're talking about. <laughs> Chris McMillan is is so famous. He is, yeah, Jennifer Aniston's hair guy. Yeah, totally. Well, we couldn't go any further without stopping for a second and asking Tiffany what hair products she uses herself. I keep going back to Living Proof. You know, I, I, I have um, kind of frizzy hair naturally. Houston is kind of hell for that. So it, it helps. It seems to be the one that really helps that. Um, and so I keep going back to that. Um, and I do, I do like uh, Orbe of a texturizer I I use that a lot back to Drunk Elephant the story itself Tiffany fulfilled her dream of becoming a mom and having this beautiful family but like a lot of women I think she got to a point where she wanted a creative outlet my kids were you know they were starting to go to school and stuff and I and I was bored and I and I just didn't want to sit around and so I started selling I sold Arbonne on the side for a little bit and I sold this bar cleanser for two years for a while which really was like this this kind of time for me when I was you know something would work and then my skin would go back and then I'm selling so I'm talking to people and nothing that I have nothing that I made myself but just just the act of that 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 daily sort of telling someone about, you know, what the product is. But I I was forced to sort of start reading about ingredients. And I loved it. Like, I remember thinking, this is so fascinating. And then I remember kind of going through the ingredient decks of stuff and starting to study what each, you know, what is that? What, why is that there? What is this there? This works, but why doesn't that work? And starting to kind of determine, I, I have this cleanser that I was using, and my skin just it cleared up. It was like, it was never horrible, but it was never healthy it was always it seemed like it was always in a state of confusion and I'm I'm learning all this and I'm and I'm thinking of my own skin this whole time kind of thing and I'm selling this bar and um and I'm telling people what to use with the bar and I'm weeding ingredients out as I go and I quickly quickly determine that chemical screens for example were something that I reacted to 
that physical sunblock for me was a better fit for my skin. Um, quickly determined that essential oils were something my skin could not tolerate. Looking at drying alcohols, looking at what that does to the function of your skin, and I'm starting to form this theory about it's not so much as what's in the product as is maybe we need to look at also what's left out of the product and how important that is to leave certain things out. I'm really learning a lot. I'm feeling very passionate about it. I'm, I'm spending late nights studying this stuff, and for what? I decided to do the line. I actually worked for six months on my own. I didn't even know that you are supposed, most people, most brands go to a chemist and say, make me a vitamin C serum or whatever, and they make it for you, and it's like that, and then you have it. And I, I did the formulations all myself on a piece of paper, um, choosing exactly what I wanted. Every single roll was filled that I knew needed to be filled for a typical C formulation. But then I added tons of ingredients and just like, like you're at the grocery store and you're picking, you know, 10 different vegetables and five different whatevers. And I'm handpicking every single ingredient for you know, all the products. I was on Google. I was at different websites. I was reading everything I could about um, Frank Lippman's website. Always was full of interesting information on ingredients, truth and aging, Beautypedia, um, a combination of all of them. You know, I, it's not like you take a website and believe everything that you read. It's, it wasn't that. It was just finding common, you know, sort of things. And I just read as much as I could. And I was completely self-taught on the ingredients. Learning things like one acid doesn't work as well as three acids together blended. Little things like that, you know, that you kind of stick in your head and go, well, then I'm going to do my acid with five AHAs and instead of one uh, or three antioxidants better than one I mean they help support each other they make each other better kind of thing learning pH levels and where does it see you know Google where does a vitamin C serum need to be pH level wise to really work um what percentage do I need what's the best gold standard of vitamin C what can I use um what should I use how can I support that you know things like that ultimately the the suspicious six all fall into the same category which is marketing so when you have marketing ingredients that aren't there to directly benefit the health of the skin, but they're there to do something else, um, they're there to make the formulation prettier, feel better, smell nicer, whatever, or have some sort of marketing effect immediate, then, then we don't have the, the health of the skin top of mind. So that was something that was very clear to me, black and white. Like, let's take those out because what are they there for? Wow, she's so productive. Do you know how many nights I spend Googling random things and have absolutely nothing to show for it except podcast statistics that I tell you about? I beg to differ. (laughs) There's some good stuff that comes out of your brain at 4 a.m. I do sleep, guys. I really do. It was around this time that people were really starting to pay attention to what was in their skincare. So parabens and phthalates were getting a bad rap and people were starting to avoid them. Tiffany was also taking note of other irritants that she felt were sensitizing her skin. Yeah, she calls them the suspicious six. Mm-hmm. These can include essential oils, just a blanket thing. She does not use any essential oils in her products. My neroli oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she also um, omits fragrances and dyes. 
silicones. Um, those are the ingredients that often give products a bit of a slip. They mm-hmm. feel nice, but she omits them as well. No chemical UV yeah. filters. So she does have an SPF, which is not available in Canada either yet. So anything with oxybenzone, avobenzone, mm-hmm. um, homosalate, anything like that, she mm-hmm. decides blanket again not using them no drying alcohols which are sometimes found in toners there's the sls which is the sodium laurel sulfate um, and that's often found in personal care products as well so those are the big six but Mm -hmm. she just as a bigger picture if there's ever any doubt about ingredient she leaves it out Mm -hmm. so the list if you go on their website she literally has something in the corner that says blacklist Mm -hmm. and you could go on there and it's just a litany of of ingredients that they will not touch I think what's hilarious though is that people see that list and automatically assume this is a naturals line that's right like we've even seen major websites do roundups of products that are like here are the top all natural products of the millisecond and like this is on it yeah it's 100 percent not an all natural line and here we're about to hear tiffany comment on that i didn't care about it being all natural at all i i i think i believed early on and still very much believe with all i've learned and everything i've been through that there are good guys on both sides and synthetics have terrible there are terrible ingredients on the synthetic side and there are great ones and there are horrible ingredients on the natural side that are really damaging to your skin. And there are great ones. And just taking the great ones from the natural side and the great ones from the synthetic side and putting the two together is yields very effective, low hazard. This is a different category. This is a category that's going to get it done and be safe at the same time. And so clean clinical is what I call it because in my definition of clean is not only clean, low hazard, but non-irritating and non-sensitizing. That's a part of my idea of what is clean what is, um, and, and what is non-toxic. Clinical, obviously, is, is, is the percentages I use, the ingredients I choose, the pH levels. These are, these are products and formulations that can go head-to-head, toe-to-toe with any dermatologist brand out there. Despite all of her early research burning the candle at both ends, Tiffany would come to find a professional chemist, and they spent three years developing the formulations, which launched in July 2014 with six products. It's truly the greatest packaging ever. (laughs) I mean, it's made for Instagram. Have you guys seen it? Um, I'm going to describe it a little bit. It's got these block tubes for lack of a better word and they twist up so there's no air that gets into the packaging which is very important for a lot of these active ingredients that she has Mm -hmm. and it's like a matte white and then a bright pop of color on the on the you just heard it drop on the floor that was just the box guys (laughs) this is precious cargo i'm not letting it get out of my hands but the packaging to the the boxes are like this recycled paper with the elephant logo so cute there's little like hieroglyphic kind of sketches of neon yeah neon there's yeah. neon orange with this firma day serum this is really part of a growing trend in you know cl- clinical skincare where it's like the 2.0 you know it started out with these real the derm backed lines dr dennis gross exactly and then just a dr patricia wexler like all these new york dermatologists at one time had 
uh, a product line. Even Dr. Kelly, who's on our show today, she had a line. Yeah, so, exactly. So now I feel like this is the 2.0 drunk elephant. It's got like a little picture of an elephant on it. It's yeah. much more approachable. Yes. And a little bit more girly, if yeah. you will, less intimidating. And, yeah. and I think it's designed to feel more user friendly. That's right. And so they didn't go with a clinical name. And here Tiffany tells us a story about how that name came to be. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm, again, I'm shy. I wasn't going to call it Tiffany Masterson. I felt silly doing so just because of my personality. You know, I feel like it's very representative of my personality. I, the, the formulations are as serious as they can be. And I'm a very serious person uh, when I, until I'm not. You know, and I, I do, there's a very, there's a very quirky uh, side of me. Um, my kids loved the idea. I found the marula oil. I Googled the... Um, I googled Marula to learn more about it and saw these elephants eating the fruit and getting tipsy and it was just this can I do that you know it was that moment like can I can I call it drunk elephant and no one said they didn't like it though and so I knew then that it was like this is perfect because this is lots of people will love it but then others who don't they might love it but they but they're going to ask and they're going to want to know why and they're going to want to know what this is and then they're not going to forget it. So we want to get into the products a little bit more. Yeah, and one of the first ones that she launched was um, Drunk Elephant's Marula Oil. And Tiffany, just ahead, is about to explain what's special about that product to her and why it's a product that's close to her heart. I found a supplier, ultimately, that had a patented process that... Um, that keeps the oil more nutrient dense, the antioxidant percentages are higher, the omegas are higher, and the omegas six and nine being higher means it's smaller molecule, it's more absorbable, it's antimicrobial, it's balancing, um, it's healing, and I, I can't say healing, I'm not allowed to make that claim healing, but I learned that, um, that it's used on um, radiation patients um, and rapidly heals their skin from the burns, and I used it on my dad who had cancer um, and it was incredible. And the hospital people at the MD Anderson were amazed that using the marula underneath the thicker stuff that they gave him sped up the process, you know, by quite a bit. He had, well, he's had skin cancer, but he also had um, tonsil cancer. And so uh, and it was brutal, grueling. But, but this helped. I mean, it was like it made the burns heal faster all over. And, um, but then I also read that, you know, breast cancer... Um, Patients that with radiation that have radiation uh, use it, and it, it helps heal the burns. I put it on a man who had a fresh tattoo one time. He came to my booth at Cosmoprof. This is where I met Sephora, July 2014. And we put the marula oil all over. He comes back the next day, and he's just like, this is unbelievable how this has healed my skin. So when we sit down with these founders, we can't help ourselves. We always want to ask them what's coming next, especially for a brand like this that seems to have so much up its sleeve. So we asked Tiffany what's going to be next from the brand. And even though she wasn't supposed to talk about it, she did give us a bit of a sneak peek. I have a really exciting product I'm launching in January. Um, it's... it's um, it's it's just very exciting. It's a it's it's more of a I guess I don't use the term anti aging as much. It's more preventative 
maintenance, get it done. It's not just moisturizing. It's much more than that. Um, it's, uh, it's loaded with incredible actives and high levels, unprecedented levels of, um, and so it's, it's just, it's just a really exciting. It's some, somewhere between marula and lala in texture. It fits right in the routine. It fits in my whole philosophy of smoothie, just adding everything to your palm of your hand, mixing it up and putting it on. Something I didn't really talk about as much. All of our products can be mixed, and that's the way I think of them when I apply into my face like a smoothie. I think of them as food, like my like food for my skin and nutrition. And so, you know, with that being said, that's kind of the way I formulate. You know, I'm looking at, you know, what are all the things your skin needs, the vitamins, the antioxidants, the fats, the hydration, the protein, things like this, uh, the, the, the protection. Um, and that's what I'm putting in my palm of my hand every day. And I'm listening to my skin. And the idea behind Drunk Elephant really, at the end of the day, is to teach people what to avoid, how to get back in touch with their skin. And then for them to just kind of pick and choose, you know, what do I need today? What's the mood of my skin? What am I craving today kind of thing? Like, like much like you would when you're making a smoothie and choosing what you're putting in it. So I think it's interesting the way that Tiffany talks about, first of all, formulating, but even applying the product. So just to flesh out that last point a little bit, the the point about the smoothie. Mm -hmm. So most times with skincare, we're kind of conditioned on this idea of layering, whether Mm -hmm. it's three steps or 10 steps. Um, K-Beauty, it's all about the steps. Exactly. So first you're going to put on whatever it is. Maybe it's your waters or your essence first, um, then your serum, and then your moisturizer. It's like lightest texture to heaviest texture. Exactly. And so with um, Tiffany, she's introducing this idea where you actually just take a pump of one product. So maybe it's going to be the marula oil. And then maybe you want the vitamin C um, serum for that particular morning if you feel like your skin is dull and you need a lift. So it's really about pumping all of these the products. The mashup. And then blending them into your hands and then just putting it all on at once Mm -hmm. so it's really like a one-stop you know do and go yeah and sort of in that same vein Tiffany gave us another scoop or another sort of skin lesson that she abides by which is that in the morning she doesn't wash her face and oftentimes in the winter I don't wash my face Mm -hmm. in the morning either if I've done all these treatments at night and really when you think about it what's to wash off it's just Mm -hmm. I guess some natural oil so sometimes I'll just do like a misser uh, quick rinse so you feel awake or in the shower just rinse your face with water Mm -hmm. Um, but she's really going rogue with her own rules yeah exactly so she talks about how you know if you are if you are getting your skin to a place where it's self-regulating then you just don't when you wake up in the morning it's at the perfect um, level of moisture so why would you take that away right um, so being self-taught I asked Tiffany now that she is where she is in life if she had any regrets about not studying chemistry in school I'm glad I'm not a chemist because I feel like chemists know chemistry and this is not against any chemist I love my chemist, but she's very quick to put the formulation first. An oncologist is very quick to kill the cancer, but he's not a nutritionist, and a chemist is not a skin nutritionist. And so they're not, and as much as I love my chemist, I joke with her. We joke back and forth. It's easier for her to formulate a product with silicones and essential oils and fragrance and dyes because she's got, I mean, this is, so this is the, the quickest way I can say it. You have a world-famous chef, and you're gonna, if you're going to order something from this chef, and he has schooled in this, 
He's going to give you something loaded with fats and butters and salts and everything in the world for his, he's taking care of the product, but he's not taking care of your health. So if I get with a chef and I say, you're Mario Batali or whoever you are, and I'm a health, health and wellness nut, you make the spaghetti bolognese, but I'm going to tell you what to, which ingredients to use. That combination is, is very exciting because he's going to know, he's going to, he's going to do an unbelievable job because he knows cooking. And I'm going to be able to say, this is what we're doing with my chemist. I don't, the chemist, to me, that's great. I need one. But I don't necessarily think that chemists are always looking towards the health of the skin as much as they are the end result, the formulation itself. Well, all the food metaphors are very revealing, actually. And if you listen to this last bit about the way Tiffany likes to cook, it's reflective of the way she approaches her entire line. I'm, I'm a very healthy eater, but I'm a very traditional eater. So this is not like, like I don't like these modern, you know, dishes. I'm more of spaghetti and meat sauce. But making the spaghetti, maybe, you know, brown rice pasta with, you know, lean grass-fed beef and San Marzano tomato, you know, instead of using, you know, I make everything homemade. Um, but I'm a, I'm a sort of a, I'm sort of a, um, person who tweaks everything and and actually in my cooking since I was little tweaking everything you give me a recipe and I'm sneaking cinnamon in or taking something out taking this cheese out and putting that cheese in instead and I can look at a recipe and kind of know immediately like "Mm, I wouldn't like that but I'm gonna like that instead and I need a little bit more of that and a little bit less and I'm tweaking everything all the time very much the way that I have made the skincare very much the way I've done my formulas and it's that's a link that I never really thought of before t- until recently, um, but yeah, that's what I've always been doing. And I think I, um, I think I'm good at putting ingredients together and kind of knowing the outcome before I taste it or use it. Thanks for tuning in. Visit breakingbeauty.ca to sign up for our newsletter and every episode will be delivered direct to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And be sure to subscribe to us. There's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you're up for it, show your love by writing a review in iTunes. 